Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Okay, well, Calgary Flames having a rough one tonight. Two and a half minutes left in the third. The Flames trail the Panthers 6-2. Final minute of the throw. Now it's final. The Lightning hammer the Blue Jackets tonight. 7-2 is the final. 3-3 Devils and Bruins with about eight minutes left in the third. After two periods, Detroit leading San Jose 4-1. Early in the second period, Avalanche up 2-0 on Chicago. And... Five minutes left in the first period. No score between the Jets and the Coyotes. Predators and Golden Knights later. Philadelphia at Anaheim later. Now, tomorrow on 6.30, Chet at 5 o'clock. And remember, our coverage will start with the face-off show at 3.30. The struggling Edmonton Oilers will take on the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have not lost a game in 21 days. As I welcome Gord Stellick from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto to the show, who is perhaps rolling his eyes a little bit at how I make that introduction because it is 21 days uh, with, well, you'll explain. <laughs> hey, Gord. <laughs> yeah, well, COVID world, I, I think everyone doesn't need explanations. They understand. You're right about uh it was funny, before Christmas was the Edmonton game, and then uh, Calgary got canceled or postponed, and Seattle did, and St. Louis did, and on and on and on, and then uh, coming back out of the beat Ottawa the other night. So not played a lot of hockey. Um, I think we saw Colorado, Winnipeg, and Pittsburgh all, you know, not play in something like 13 to 16 days and, and win over the weekend. So it's, uh, it's been uh, not a lot of hockey in a, in, a, in a long period of time for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I, and I should mention the game against the Oilers was the Leafs' second mo- most recent game. So they lost to the Lightning on the 9th. They beat Chicago on the 11th, beat the Oilers on the 14th, and then beat Ottawa on uh, New Year's Day 6 nothing. I mean, just I watched a bit of that game. Just crushed the Senators in that one. Tell you, a funny one was, uh, yeah, crushed the Senators. Senators were extremely flat. Senators took some dumb penalties early. And, you know, Zach Sanford in particular took three. And I thought... Is he ticked off about the St. Louis Blues? Like, was he watching the Blues Minnesota Outdoor Winter Classic and go, man, I want a Stanley Cup with those guys. Look at them arriving all cool and everything. Because it was really, it was really perplexing uh, the kind of penalties he took and the Ottawa Senators took. So uh, I'll give the Leafs some credit. It was nice to see Ilya Mikheyev, for example, get going. He's been hurt for a while and he got, he picked up his first two goals of the season. But it was a it was a terrible Ottawa Senators effort. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you mentioned Mikheyev before we talk about some other stuff because when I have watched Mikheyev, obviously several games against the Oilers last season, but other games in which I see the Leafs play, and, and Rob Brown, my colleague on our Oilers broadcast, loves him as well. I mean, I guess he doesn't put up a ton of points necessarily, but I, I just feel he's one of those players that 
you always notice, and I, I have found, and again, my viewings are limited compared to yours, but his speed really helps on the penalty kill. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, uh, you know, uh, but then he was, first he, he had a terrible injury, like one with a wrist laceration a couple of years ago, so he's been a little bit of the injury bug. Um, but then you wondered, is he the next Michael Grebner? Because Michael Grebner was a guy that, skated well like he does with any team with the Leafs but could never finish like kept not scoring on breakaways and and, uh, and Mikheyev was getting a little bit of a little bit of that reputation but uh, uh, he can skate he can skate like he could be a top two line um, top two line forward I mean that's really why I see him slotted in if all works out and keep in mind he's a, he's an older guy like he's 27 he's he's older than you know, Matthews and Marner, McDavid and those guys, he's about three, four years older than those guys. So, you know, you got to find out sooner, sooner rather than later, is there is there a spot in the National Hockey League for him? Because he's kind of one of those, you know, guys coming over from Russia or Europe later on. All right. So uh, I, I kind of gave the Coles notes earlier, but I'll, I'll let you dive into further detail. And I don't know if there's something new in the last uh, hour or so since I came on the air. What is the story with Austin Matthews and how it pertains toward his participation tomorrow? Well, you know, I mean, it's it, it, it's looking better. I mean, it started off looking like Austin Matthews wasn't going to play and, Con- and Connor McDavid was. And then Austin Matthews is going to play and Connor McDavid isn't. And um, so again, I think I think I think Reed, this is the perplexing part for fans trying to figure out what does COVID protocol mean? What is it? Okay, you got a uh, um, you, you got a positive uh, positive rapid test, and now you get the bigger test, and what have you? So um, you know, uh, he's uh, I, I, on one hand, has he had COVID twice because he had it a, a while ago, and on the other hand, is he is he cleared for tomorrow? So my understanding was. There's a chance both of them will play uh, on either side, which is too bad because that's really no no slight to Leon Dreisaitl or Mitch Barner or somebody else, but that's the real marquee appeal. So, I mean, I've kind of got used to you've seen players pulled off in, in the middle of a game and, and told they can't play, and whether it was Tucker Pullman or Morgan Frost. So um, so that's my understanding right now. I, I, believe, I believe the chances are better that Matthews can play rather than McDavid. Yeah, that's the impression I get too from from the latest on because McDavid Matthews' first positive test was Monday, yesterday, and McDavid's was today. So I guess even if he gets a negative, will yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we'll see. And now the building, the attendance, uh, like who who's come? Because I think there was something like nine hundred people for the Ottawa game. Is it ticket holders or is it? Because I think Zach Hyman said he's going to have some family there. So are they just letting in friends and family if they got tickets anyway. What are they doing here? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so there there's zero zero tickets um, to the regular season ticket base or what have you. So that's what they're doing. That well, the I you know friends and family, so the respective teams and whatever. That's where they'll get. They're they're under one hundred. I mean. Um, I don't know how if Edmonton's doing it or how long they've done it, but this is the first year of the electronic ticketing, which I know is the way it goes with everybody right now, you know. And and uh, I miss the old hard tickets, like I'm in a season ticket cartel that I I control with some friends. But actually, this ended up being the best year to have that because all of a sudden you feel you got the tickets and I got friends all the time. Hey, my tickets are gone. The ones that are in my electronic wallet, so they've been able to, you know, or handle it on. On that end, a lot better than if there'd been hard printed tickets the good old fashioned way. Yeah, I, I'm just going to cut out that audio of you saying you're in a cartel. That's fun. 
<laughs> a legal cartel, yes. I a like the word yes. cartel. Yes. <laughs> Gord Stelic joining us here. Uh, he's from uh, Leafs Hockey on Sportsnet 590. The fan, of course, we always love uh, having him on the show. So what did the Leafs, uh, that long break, did they uh, practice at all? Uh, did they do anything? What What happened from the 14th to the 1st? Well, before Christmas, um, they're kind of one of those that, I mean, they they were out in Edmonton, and so in a lot of ways, you know, they've, they've got some significant games to make up that that Western trip uh, did not include Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle on the road. Then they had a home game against St. Louis that, you know, all was, all was postponed. So that was a lot of games. That was a lot of games. And then when they did come back, I know that's something that Sheldon Keith mentioned, that the practice ice has been so so difficult and so valuable to get for, uh, the last couple of years, like rarely do you have two real clear practice days in a row. And here the Leafs had a ton of it. They had a ton of it. It was uh, they, they, were, they were ready for the Ottawa game because uh, they'd had uh, um, something they weren't used to. So it was great to a degree to get out and practice a lot. You don't you won't get many opportunities like that. And and also for them, I know they've got a few little COVID protocol situations, but they really got healthy. I mean, they had to make Nick Ritchie a healthy scratch against Ottawa. So I know. You know, teams like the Calgary Flames have come back from like 26 players to practically none. The Montreal Canadiens are now facing still lots of players in, in COVID protocol. And the Leafs, um, Leafs now right now are in a, are a real positive situation that way. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton is not in a positive situation. Uh, they're 2-8-2. and two. I mean, you've seen teams you have covered, whether Toronto or elsewhere, go through and incredibly bad stretches uh, i've talked about a few bad weather seasons in my tenure on on uh on 6 30 ched you know I, I want some of your insight because i mean you, you and you obviously still talk to coaches and managers and know a lot of wise people around the game um how do you get out of it and and how do you as a manager maybe honestly evaluate what you have because sometimes you might have a few l's but you might not mind how the team has been playing yeah, I, I like the last point because that's what John Cooper said a couple of years ago when uh, Tampa Bay had got off to a slow start point-wise. And um, and he just said, you know what, I actually like the way they're playing, so I'm okay. And, I went, and sure enough, they, they went on and had a real solid regular season, but the first 25 games, he, he wasn't, you know, the points weren't commensurate with uh, how he saw the team playing. And with Edmonton, uh, it's how they're playing. It's like the Leafs were the start of the season, Reed. It's uh, uh, Edmonton really needs to do what Toronto was able to do. It got, it was got to the 11th hour and they had a, a game against the Chicago Blackhawks when they were like the two worst teams in the NHL start, the two worst starts. And at least they stopped the bleeding there. Now in Philadelphia and Vancouver's case, they had to make coaching changes and I'm certainly not advocating a coaching change with the orders, but sometimes you get to a point where some kind of like to change your back in a corner and you know, really in Travis Green and Elaine Vino's case, they're both really solid NHL coaches that will get other jobs. But um, you know, so Edmonton first and foremost has to has a chance and has to figure a way out of it, like some other teams have done. And you know what continues to hit me right now. I mean, Miko Koskinen. It's every year there's the Miko Koskinen uh, uh, roast or something. You know, like which isn't a humorous one for him. About there's no question uh, they he hasn't provided the goaltending. They they're not getting the timely goaltending to start a game, and you know that that's a part of it. I mean. Geez, the Carolina Hurricanes, they're a strong team. And they saw their goaltenders go, and they got two new ones, and Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta. And just, you know, 
are able to pick it up no problem. And, you know, in Edmonton's case, they didn't look to adjust the goaltending at all. But I, I think he's also getting unfairly too much of the criticism. I, I, I keep looking go, where's the surrounding supporting cast? Like, is it every year there seems to be, and certainly this year, Zach Hyman was another piece, and I know he's been hurt of late. So, but, you know, like, like where's the Jordan Cairo, like St. Louis has? Like, where, like, where are those guys, Yamamoto, like, like all these guys that you keep thinking they're going to surround McDavid and, and Drysaddle, and even of late, McDavid and Drysaddle, you know, haven't been haven't been producing, but they're still the two top scorers in the NHL. I mean, there's still something special. So, you know, that continues. That obviously, if the if you had great goaltending, that cures a lot of ills. But then the other part, more so, is still I, I still can't see. Like I, you know, I, I mean, James Neal just got out by got bought out by the St. Louis Blues and. That was one of those free agent signings, and then then was they flipped with Lucic, and uh, Lucic found a place with uh, uh, he was a free agent signing by Calgary, but Lucic found a place with Calgary. Neil couldn't with the Edmonton Oilers, and and now has him with St. Louis, and it just seems to go on and on and on that way. Yeah, well, and, and, I mean, I, we spent a lot. Of, I was talking about earlier in my show and the depth scoring, depth deployment. Um, you know, to dry, like I, this might sound absurd, but I hope you know where I'm coming from. Did, did, did Drysdale and McDavid even play too much, and then players lose their roles and lose that sense of responsibility night after night? I don't know. Great question. Great point. You know, you know, and and you, you you also can't absolve the leaders, and it might just be to the point, like you're saying, because there's such a dispor- disproportionate amount of ice time. That okay, that's great. Who wouldn't want them on the ice all the time? But then also, if it's not team-wise getting a better result, then, you know, it's something that probably should be revisited because something something is, is amiss there. Like, it just, yeah, like, like it's baffling because, uh, uh, you know, no, no fans, as you mentioned, the building tomorrow. It's the only visit of Edmonton to Toronto. And when my cartel, uh, my ticket cartel, giving up tickets, uh, obviously as popular a game, is that one visit by Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl to Toronto? I mean, it's a team with that kind of marquee appeal. That don't tell me. I, I mean, oh, they're still hanging in there in the Pacific Division, but you're going to yet again, yet again, not even make the playoffs. Crap. Yeah. Well, they're barely hanging on right now. I mean, I don't think they're going to win two out of every twelve the rest of the way. But uh, yeah, I mean, you got you got to pick it up. You got L.A., San Jose right at your heels there uh you know winnipeg so yeah they're they're in a tough battle right now who do you think I, I, i'm keeping it a little longer than i meant to again who i, I mean look i i don't claim to watch every second of every game that's impossible uh, who do you think the best team in the league is i mean i was really impressed when minnesota came through here uh vegas is cranking it up after a slow start and to me i didn't think the blues would be that good they're up there again the Rangers are pretty solid. Do you have a number one team in your power rankings? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because Minnesota was a, was a good one. They've just lost two in a row, which isn't a ton, and Cap Talbot's hurt, and, they, and that was really disappointing that, you know, your winter classic, so much is kind of put on that in memory, and you didn't come up with a big game. And the Central Division, you don't need a lot of games to uh, go a little bit south. Other other divisions, uh, you can you got a little bit more flex before you start dipping away. I, you know, Gosh, you look, I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning, okay, defending Stanley Cup champions, uh, got to give it to them. I've been, you know, impressed with what the Washington Capitals have done. I think not that anybody wrote them off. And But I, I got to tell you, Reed, like, like the Vegas Golden Knights 
kept playing, and there was a lot of injuries. They, had, they weren't COVID-related mostly. They had really old-fashioned, significant hockey injuries to their better players. And, you know, they've basically taken over first place. I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to give it up. And then they get Jack Eichel in the lineup at some point. Like, yep. you know, you talk about a team that's played that well, and, and they get hypothetically the best player they've ever had all of a sudden jumps in their lineup. So I, I've been uh, – that's a team that I just think is a, is the ticking time bomb in a positive way. Yeah, that's a, and that's a great point about adding Eichel all of a sudden, who, let's face it, would have been a number one draft pick any other year, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, well, Gord, I always appreciate you coming on. I, I always keep you a little longer than I meant to. You're very generous with your time. Have a good broadcast tomorrow and enjoy the game. We'll see what we get from these two clubs. No, it sounds great, and uh, Happy New Year, and uh, always great uh, talking to you and the uh, great hockey fans in Edmonton. Right on. That is Gord Stelic checking in from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Yes, the Leafs uh, doing very well, though they're, they've only played one game since the last time they played Edmonton. They, uh, they were 19-8-2 going into that game. Now they're 21-8-2. And, and as he referenced, they, I mean, the Leafs didn't start the season well. It was not as long a slump as the Oilers are having right now, but uh, the Leafs started 2-4-1 and one and looked kind of uh, uninspired along the way, and they've certainly put it together since then. 3.30 face-off show tomorrow, game at 5 right here on 6.30. Chad, that was Gord Stelic checking in on the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional-grade building materials. Back for a final look at the scoreboard. It's Inside Sports on Chad. <laughs> Yeah, and we had Elks passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Darius Jackson on the show earlier, one of three coaches hired today by Chris Jones. You can get more on them on the Elks page on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. The Edmonton Oil Kings are one of three WHL teams to have their team activities paused. So a couple of games postponed for the Oil Kings this Friday in Red Deer. And this Sunday in Medicine Hat. So the Oil Kings got back uh, from the road trip. We had Brad Lauer on the face-off show uh, yesterday. Two more road games before. Uh, they, they do have a home game scheduled next, uh, what is it, a week from today, the 11th. That, at the moment, is still on the schedule. But two road games here are postponed. So the Oil Kings, uh, Moose Jaw Warriors, and Red Deer Rebels have their team activities paused. It also affects the uh, Rebels home game against Lethbridge on Saturday. So there's a little bit of news from the WHL. Pretty cool for former U of A Golden Bear goaltender Zach Sachenko. In the game on Sunday, he made his NHL debut as a member of the San Jose Sharks. I asked him about it, kind of unusual circumstances. He came in at the start of the second period with his team trailing 6-1. Yeah, like you said, it was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, uh Obviously, Rhymes was starting that game, and, you know, our team, we kind of came out flat in the first there, and yeah, I think it was, we were down pretty early at uh, score after the first period was 6-1, and I just kind of got uh, a little tap on my shoulder from, from our goalie coach here, and he just kind of said, you're you're going in, so I'll just go out there, play your game, and, and next thing you know, I was, uh, I was in the NHL playing the next two periods, so like I said, it was a pretty crazy game, but uh, very, very thankful and blessed to be in that situation. Yeah, it was a wild. Sacheco played well. He stopped 21 out of 22. 
the Sharks came back from a 6-1 deficit to make it 6-5, and then Sachenko was finally beaten with just over two minutes left on a power play goal for, uh, by the Penguins, who then added an empty netter to win the game 8-5. But pretty cool for the uh, former U of A Golden Bear to make his NHL debut with the Sharks. Hopefully we're going to be seeing more of him. As for the Sharks this evening, now Sachenko not dressed for this one in Detroit. Where's my scoreboard here? Well, it's uh, not a good one for the Sharks. Uh, Detroit leading at 6-2 with about 10 minutes left in the third period. And uh, Reimer was uh, pulled again after the second period. Aiden Hill goes in this time. Reimer allowed four goals on 24 shots. Uh, shots. Hill has allowed two goals on four shots. So it looks like it's going to be another loss there for San Jose. Detroit leading at 6-2 with eight and a half minutes left. About seven minutes left in Chicago. Avalanche leading the Blackhawks 2-1. End of the first in Arizona. Jets up one nothing on the Coyotes. Svechnikov with his third of the season there. The Lightning pounding the Blue Jackets tonight, 7-2. Calgary beaten by the Florida Panthers, 6-2. And the Bruins have finished off the New Jersey Devils, 5-3 is the final. Speaking of the Oil Kings, former Oil King Curtis Lazar gets his third of the season. He opened the scoring before the game was three minutes old tonight. Okay. Well, appreciate you tuning in tonight. It is a tough go for the Oilers. We'll see if they can jump back in the win column tomorrow will not be easy against the flying Toronto Maple Leafs. Face-off show at 3.30, game at 5 right here on 6.30, Chad. And, of course, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30, Chad.